just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Of course, yesterday was the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. It was a tragic day. It was a very dark day on the level of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and any of the other tragedies that we've suffered in this country. Now, some people will say, yeah, but a lot of people died in 9-11. A lot of people died in Pearl Harbor. Not that many people died on January 6th. Well, there were about five people, a couple hundred injured, all kinds of other issues there. But there was one risk that happened on January 6th that really didn't happen with Pearl Harbor or 9-11. That was an attempt on the life of of this country, the lifeblood of this country, this country's democracy, system of government, way of life. Had they succeeded, that would have changed everything for us and for history. We might not even recognize the country in a couple of years had they been successful. So January 6th was absolutely crucial and important, and we must remember it. We must never forget it. And we'll talk about how people are keeping it up in the narrative. But I want to talk about something else. You see, there's a lot of people in this country that are on the TV news, on the radio, on the Internet. They keep telling us that our democracy is hanging by a thread. Our way of life in this country could change in a moment's notice because of all that's going on in this country, the division, the insurrection, the violence, the threats of violence. And that's very true. In all honesty, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we'll be fine ultimately. But it is still something to be concerned about because it is happening today. Now, most people sitting at home will think, well, that's something the politicians got to work out. They got to work it out because there's nothing I can do. And that's not true. To be perfectly honest with you, we have to change society a little bit. Now, the majority of folks know what is going on. They know how much risk there is to our government, to our democracy. They understand that. They understand how bad it was January 6th and how much a criminal Donald Trump and the Republicans truly are. But there's still a fairly large group of people that don't buy into it. Either they haven't gotten the information, they're too stupid to understand the information, or they just refuse to accept it. They're okay with the idea that this turns away from being a democracy as long as they get their way and they are benefiting from it. And that's really where the problem lies in this country. It's amongst us, our mindsets, our ideology. There's a big division between people who know better, who know what an insurrection is, who know what violence is, and who know the risk we are in with our way of government. And then you have the other side that uh, will do anything, say anything, just to get their way. 
One of the most important things we can do as a people is to continue with outrage. Don't just have an anniversary for January 6th, get all upset, and then say, okay, that's enough, let them handle it. We can't do that. Because it's not just on the politicians, it's on all of us. We need to stand up, speak out, push back. And I say this a lot, and people will say to me, well, there's nothing I can do. I just, you know, I have a job, I have kids, and I'm, I don't have time, and I'm certainly not good enough to do it. I, I, I don't know what to say. And I disagree with you. I think everybody has different ways to express opinions and attitudes and feelings. And I think it's important that they do that in a situation like this. We as a country, our politicians need to know how the people feel. We have been apathetic for many years, and that's part of the reason we are where we are. Now's the time to speak up. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I could say something. It's not going to do any good. Nobody's going to listen to me. Well, I don't think that's true. I think some people will listen to you. There are people in your lives that respect you, that care about you, that think you're intelligent. And even if you can only impact one or two or three or four people, it's worth doing, especially at a time now when we are at such a risk with our democracy. Here's the thing. Think about this. I'm a guy. Before you heard about the Rational Boomer on TikTok or here on the podcast, you didn't know me. You don't know anything about me. So why do you listen to me? Why do you take the time out of your day to listen to me? And I'll tell you why. It's because I seem to know what I'm talking about. I seem to understand it. And I seem to have taken the time to think about it and speak out about it. See, a lot of people aren't willing to speak out about things. They're afraid of what people might say in return. And that's the one advantage I have is I don't care what they say. Somebody once told me, they said, you argue like you're the only one that can be right. And I said, in certain circumstances, that's true. And they say, well, that's not possibly true. You could be wrong. I said, let me explain something to you. If you have somebody who is racist and somebody who is against racism, the guy that's against racism is right, correct? They said, well, yeah. And I said, then even though you are worried about this guy being right all the time, what he is espousing, what he is pushing is correct. We don't give the racist a benefit of a doubt because that is a dangerous situation. When I look at things, look at news things, I read about them, I study them, and I form an opinion. And when I form that opinion, I'm pretty sure about that opinion. You're not going to make me go back on it unless I made some kind of mistake, and then I will correct it. But I've looked at the situation, I've formed an opinion, and I'm going to speak about it. Now, granted, I've been on radio for 40 years, so talking's kind of second nature to me, and talking to people I can't even see like I'm doing here on the podcast. But hopefully what I'm doing here is persuading or influencing people on TikTok or in the podcast, not trying to sell them on something, not trying to lie to them or cheat them, but get them to understand what the truth is, what's real. 
and then they can make their own decisions. You don't have to agree with me to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast or even TikTok. You don't have to agree with me. In fact, there are many people that don't agree with me. That's okay. I don't hate you for it, but at least you're thinking about it. And that's the problem in this country. Too many people don't think about it. They hear the quick headline and they make an assumption then and they're lazy about it and they don't do anything. They don't say anything. Or if they do say something, it's wrong because they don't understand the whole aspect of the topic. So what I'm telling you is we have to change this country, the ideologies of this country, the people, how they act, what they do. Make no mistake, we're in a fight right now. We're in a battle because democracy and our country is at risk. And that will also impact our kids, our grandkids. If you're like me, 60 years old, you think to yourself, well, I'm good. Uh, What little time I have left, I'm not going to be affected. I'm pretty well set. But if you're a grandfather of any salt, you'll be worried about your kids and your grandkids. And you'll want to leave them something that may even be better than what you came in this world with. That's always been my hope. So if you get that sense, if you feel that way, that means you got to fight. you got to stand up and talk. You've got to give your opinion. Be strong about it. Be confident about it. Ever noticed about confidence? If you're a person with confidence, there are certain people out there that don't like you because you're confident. It's not because you're wrong. It's because so many people in this country lack confidence, they can't understand how in the fuck you can have any confidence. Don't, that, don't let that assuage you. Know what you know. Speak what you know. Speak with confidence. And don't back down. Because if you've done your research, if you've looked at it, and you formed an opinion based on the facts, well, then you're right. You're correct. Because that's your opinion. And you're entitled to it. Unfortunately, in this country, we've got a lot of people that are lazy and don't listen, don't talk, don't speak out. And if they do, it's usually the dumb ones that are ranting and raving and screaming and yelling and threatening and doing all those sorts of things. So you see what happens. The normal people like you and me just sit back. We hope everything works out. And all the time, these people are ranting and raving. So they get all the notice because they're talking the most. So what I'm saying here is we need to start controlling the narrative like those clowns do. We need to speak up. We need to drown them out. We need to shut them up because they're liars. What they're saying isn't true. And in this case, somebody might say to me, how do you know you're right? Why do you always have to be right? Well, if you put me up against a trumple fuck, I'll guarantee you I'm 100% right all the time and you're 100% wrong all the time. And people need to understand that. People need to express that. This country has to be outraged when we're pushed to this point in time where our country and our democracy is at risk. This is a time to fight. And I don't mean with violence. I mean with our voices, with our minds, with our opinions. We need to drown the loud people out because the loud people are fucking wrong and they are dangerous. If we don't drown them out and let them continue to do what what they do, we're in trouble. 
I hope you understand what I mean. You have a voice. You have an opinion. You have a mind. You have the ability to look into things just by listening to the Rational Boomer podcast and TikTok. Hopefully I'm giving you more information, more ammunition to use so that you can speak out and be right and be confident that you're right. The right needs to step up. The truth needs to overpower the lies. And that is on us. It might be on a small scale. It might be on a big scale. This is a whole point for the Rational Boomer podcast. I have years of experience in radio, so I can do this sort of thing. So if I can express my opinions and get it to a larger crowd of people, then maybe I can do some good. And maybe I can send those people off to do some good as well. It's about changing attitudes. It's changing the narrative. And that's what we need to do. All right. Anyway, (laughs) done pontificating. Anyway, um, Joe Biden did a speech yesterday. And it was a very strong speech. It was a tough speech. He was calling Donald Trump out. He referenced him, not by name, but as the former president, like 17 times in his speech. He was calling him out and holding his feet to the fire like he should do. That's what a president should do. He understands we need to fight. Here's my only problem with that. That speech should have been done a year ago. And that speech or variations on that speech should have been done every day since. It goes back to what I said. For a long time, Republicans have been ranting and raving and controlling the narrative. The only thing you see on TV, the only thing you hear on the streets is this loud, bullshit, lying pieces of shit. So hopefully... Joe Biden understands this. Hopefully the Democrats understand this. This is the time we need to take some control. We need to speak up, keep speaking, keep talking, drown the stupid people out. So I commend Joe Biden for making that speech. It was a great speech. There's no question about it. But that's just a start, and we've got little time to deal with it. We don't have a lot of time. We have... 11 or 10 months before November 2022, the midterm elections. And we've got a lot of ground to make up between now and then. I've talked about that before. We've got bills to pass. We've got uh, attitudes to be changed. We've got people to be exposed who are criminals. And that all has to happen in a short period of time in order to benefit the Democrats and this country in November of 2022. Now, of course, Donnie, Diaper Donnie, was watching Joe Biden (laughs) while he was giving this speech. And needless to say, Donnie Trump was steaming. He, uh, Joe Biden referred to Donald Trump as a um, defeated former president. Oh, that's got a sting. Donnie Trump does not like that. Narcissists don't like when you call them out and tell them they're losers or they're failures. They fucking hate that. So Donnie has to strike back. (laughs) Unfortunately, when it comes to striking back through the media or otherwise, Donnie's a little impotent. (laughs) He doesn't have a Twitter account anymore. He doesn't have Instagram, Facebook, none of those things. He wanted to put on a show on January 6th, 
in competition with Joe Biden, all the events going on for the January 6th insurrection. He wanted to do a rally type of thing, but he was quickly shut down because they found out that no mainstream media, not even Fox, I don't think, was going to run this thing. So he was going to step up to a podium and nobody was going to hear him unless they were there or on some shitty little network like OAN or Newsmax. So he couldn't get that kind of clout. And, of course, if he did that and nobody played it, then he would be embarrassed. And that is the absolute worst thing you can do to a narcissist. Embarrass them. Oh, they fucking hate that. It upsets them. They make it makes them feel like losers. Which makes some sense because he is, well, a fucking loser. So, so anyway, Donnie Trump comes back. And, of course, the only way he can get information out is his cute little press release that he sends out now and again. And he was talking about the election fraud. He was talking about how the lamestream media is telling lies. And because of that, I'm not going to do the talk. No, that's not why, Donnie. It was because you're going to be embarrassed because nobody cares what you have to say. It goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of the program. You see, Donnie's getting drowned out. He's getting shut up. He's not able to get out the information and control the narrative like he once did. And now he's becoming weaker. He's losing people or followers. That's why people always ask me, why do you block every Trump humper troll that comes on TikTok? Well, there's a very good reason for it. First of all, they're a danger to my account because God knows what they might do in terms of trying to shut me down. But more importantly than that, all they do is spew bullshit. You can't argue with them because they don't listen. The best thing you can do is take away their platform. The reason a troll comes on my platform is because I have a lot of followers. They can stir things up or create some chaos. So I take that away from them. I shut them down, shut them up, and get rid of them. That's the best way to handle these people because they live on argumentation. They live on chaos. They live on stirring shit up. So as far as I'm concerned, they're never going to get the opportunity to stir shit up, whether it be on this podcast or on TikTok. you got to shut them up. Donald Trump's close to being shut up, but not totally. That's why the narrative I'm talking about needs to be loud and consistent and perpetual so we can shut him up and thereby shutting up everybody else. Drown him out. That's what we got to do. Now, the interesting thing about the events yesterday, uh, there was a moment of silence in the House of Representatives in memory of the fallen on January 6th. And at that moment in the House of Representatives, there were only two Republicans, just two. Liz Cheney and her father, Dick Cheney. Now, Adam Kinzinger said he wanted to be there, but he had to be someplace else. I don't know if that's true or not. doesn't matter. There were two Republicans there, Liz Cheney and Dick Cheney. Now, here's the thing. If you're too young to remember Dick Cheney, I'll explain him this way. He was a member of Congress. He was a Secretary of State um, uh, under George H.W. Bush. He was a vice president 
under George W. Bush. Some people think he was a co-president because George W. Bush wasn't the brightest guy in the world. George's dad forced him to put Dick Cheney in his VP, and Dick Cheney basically said, yeah, that's cool, but I'm going to need some power. And he was probably one of the more powerful vice presidents ever. In fact, he probably overrode George W. Bush more than a couple times. Now, the thing about Dick Cheney, he was a mean, cruel motherfucker. I mean, he was a horrible human being. He even went hunting with some friends. He shot one of his friends by accident, I think. But Dick Cheney was just a just an animal. I mean, he was cruel. He was mean. He was vindictive. He was vengeful. He was a horrible person. Back when he was vice president, he was one of the most hated people in this country because he was so fucking evil. But now you take a guy who is the epitome of a Republican, who is fucking evil to no end. And when asked about what's going on with the Republican Party now, he says, I'm disappointed with the leadership in the Republican Party. He's embarrassed for the leadership in the Republican Party. This is Dick Cheney saying that. And he also said that by Donald Trump not acting during the insurrection, sitting on his ass for 187 minutes, having just a good old time watching his people attack the U.S. Capitol, Dick Cheney said that was a supreme derelict of duty. This is Dick Cheney saying it about Republican Donald Trump. Now, if it's so bad that this guy, who was a criminal, who was corrupt, who was vicious, if he thinks Donald Trump and the Republicans are bad now, that says a lot. It fucking says a lot. One thing I will tell you to be careful of, too, because I notice people are doing this. People see Liz Cheney doing the right thing by being on the House Select Committee and calling out Donald Trump and the Republicans. That's nice of her to do. Dick Cheney coming in and and, uh, giving his two cents at the events yesterday. Some of you people are thinking, well, Liz Cheney might be a nice person. Maybe I'd vote for her. Don't fucking say that. Liz Cheney is an ultra-conservative politician. She is totally the opposite of any Democrat in this country. She has not necessarily done good things for this country in her tenure. Her father has done some horrible things for this country. So as much as they're on your side right now, don't get sucked into that. Don't buy into that. You don't want to vote for Liz Cheney for anything. Now, you can respect her for being honest and having some integrity. You can respect her for that, and I do. But I'm under no delusion that she's a friend of the Democrats or even a friend of the American public. She's been there through all the trickle-down bullshit and given money to the um, military-industrial complex. She's part of that. At this moment in time, she is our ally because we have a common enemy in Donald Trump and the rogue Republicans. Respect her for that. But don't think she's a hero. And don't think that she's going to be your buddy and a friend to the Democrats when this all shakes out. 
she will not be. I mean, we'd be better off if everybody in the Republican Party were like was like Liz Cheney. We wouldn't want them to get elected. But at least we know they'd have some integrity. They would still argue back and forth because the ideologies are totally opposite from Democrats to Liz Cheney and what the Republican Party used to be. She's not going to be our friend, but she can be our ally, and you can respect her for having some integrity. Because integrity is running short. It's scarce in the Republican Party. There is no integrity. There is no courage. These people are all sycophants to Donald Trump because they're afraid of him. They're afraid he's going to call for a primary, or he's afraid they're going, he's going to speak badly of them or hurt their chances in their next election. This isn't about doing anything good for the country or changing the country for the better. This is about saving their own assets. Understand that. Most of these people know Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. They know that he's a criminal, that he's corrupt. But they know as long as their wagon is hitched to him, they feel like they're going to win elections. That is the only reason they are doing what they do. And that shows us that the Republican Party, generally speaking, whether they're connecting to Donald Trump or just not saying anything, they're fucking cowards. And i got to be honest with you, at a time like now, in our country, the last thing we need are leaders that are fucking cowards. And the Republicans are the worst cowards you will find. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. So Stephanie Grisham, she was the communications director for Donald Trump. She had the distinction of being the only communications director for a president in history to have never had a press conference. You remember back in those days, um, the Trump administration was getting a lot of heat, a lot of questions they didn't want to answer in press conferences. We had a couple of press people before them, Kaylee McEnany. What's the other one? Um, forgot her name. The huskier, dark-haired woman, the big mouth, who's from Arkansas, Huckabee. Yeah, these two people were, those two people were ultimately fucking liars to the nth degree. Stephanie Grisham wasn't much better. In spite of the fact she never gave a press conference, she did have occasion to talk to the press. And she supported liars, treasonous, seditionist, racist. She sided with them. She told her share of lies. But then on January 6th, when the insurrection happened and she was in the White House and she saw what was going on, the next day she resigned, which wasn't a big deal because she would have been out on January 20th anyways, so she really only left two weeks early. Well, she testified in front of the House Select Committee, willingly, which is surprising given that she is a Trump, a Trump acolyte. And one of the things she said in her testimony, is that she actually witnessed Donald Trump sitting on his ass in the dining room, gleefully watching, that's her word, gleefully watching the insurrection on TV. All the while, people were coming in one by one saying, Mr. President, you have to do something, you have to say something, tweet something, do something. Mark Meadows came in, Ivanka Trump came in, Grisham came in. 
a lot of people were coming in begging Donald Trump to do something in order to stop the uh, horrors that were going on up at the U.S. Capitol, and he refused for 187 minutes. And as she pointed out, he was just sitting there gleefully saying, look how hard those people are fighting for me. That's a narcissist talking. He loves the idea that he has power or control because narcissists are the epitome of manipulators. And that's what Trump fans don't understand. From the get, they've been manipulated. They were manipulated to vote it for him. They were manipulated to support him. They were manipulated to send him money for no goddamn reason. And they are being manipulated now when it comes to talking about the big lie. These people are all susceptible to being manipulated. And that might be partly because of a lower intellect. At least the ones I've seen, the people who are trump I know, are either stupid, uninformed, or evil, and just want to back anything that supports something that will benefit them. Those are the kind of people we're dealing with that follow Donald Trump. Now, Stephanie Grisham said something else that was kind of interesting. She said... Well, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm getting together with like 15 uh, other colleagues from the White House, and we're going to try to figure out a way to stop Donald Trump. Oh, really? You're going to try to find a way to stop Donald Trump. That idea didn't cross your mind right after the election and all this big lie shit started. That idea didn't cross your mind on January 5th of 2021 when you could have avoided something like a an insurrection? Or how about after you resigned, right after the insurrection? It's been a year now, but now, now you've decided that you got to do something to stop him. I'm sorry, Stephanie Grisham. I think you have some ulterior motives here. First of all, I think you need to cover your ass because you can see the roof is coming down and it's going to come down on you. You were part of the problem. You were part of the gang. You are just as culpable as anybody else. And in spite of the fact that you readily testified in front of the House Select Committee, that does not suggest that you can't be indicted. If there is something that you did wrong, and I can almost guarantee you there was, you're going to go down, Stephanie, and guess who's not going to save you? Donald Trump nor the Republican Party. Nobody is going to, especially now that you willingly testified in front of the House Select Committee. So now, in a couple of weeks, they're going to get together and somehow bring Donald Trump down. You just want to keep your name in the news, Stephanie. Not only are you covering your ass, you wrote some shitty book and you want to sell fucking books. Don't act like our friend. Don't act like you've finally seen the light. You don't. You're just like every Republican we see. It's all about how can I help myself? How can I benefit for myself? The fact that you stood up there and told us some truths about Donald Trump on January 6th, that's well and good. That was a small price you had to pay for whatever else you hoped to gain in terms of selling books or covering your ass. Stephanie, that's not going to fucking work. 
It's not going to work. Everybody knows you're a small-time player in this group, and you'll get swept away like all the rest. So shut the fuck up. Go do whatever you're going to do, but you've proved that you're worthless, pointless, and a joke. I don't care that you spoke in front of the House Select Committee. They probably already had that information anyway. Now, you know, I've talked about this, uh, all these Republicans thinking that um, the Republicans will win in the midterms on November 2022. Now say, why, why, why do you believe that? What, what makes you think that's the case? And the fact of the matter is they'll say, well, it's historical. It's gone on all the time. You get a Republican in, the Democrats win at the midterms. You get a Democrat in, the Republicans come in and get voted in in the midterms. I said, well, why is that? Why would that be? And typically the answer is when you get uh, a president that comes in, say he's Democrat, the first year or two that he's in, it's maybe harder for them to get some things done. Maybe these people don't think that the president, in this case Joe Biden, has done all the things he promised or that they need to be done in order to vote for him again. And when I say vote for him, I mean for the Democrats, because what happens in the House and the Senate has a lot of bearing on the power and control that the sitting president will have. But here's my problem with that. You're guaranteeing us, Republicans are, that they're going to win in 2022 because Joe Biden's screwing up. Well, the economy is going great guns. The stock market is higher than ever. It's gained more ground in the short time that Joe Biden's been in office than on all four years during Donald Trump's tenure. And boy, you folks lived off that. You kept telling us your 401ks are going to be great. Your uh, uh, stock market is going great guns. Well, it did okay, but it was okay and going well when Obama left it. He brought, he brought the Dow from 6,600 up to 2,300. That's a significant increase in eight years, especially when he was left with a shit show by George W. Bush. Probably the worst time economically in our history. So we've got Joe Biden. Economy, stock market's going well. Unemployment way down. Three points since Donald Trump was in office. Wages are going up. GDP going up. Joe Biden even took us out of a 20-year war that no other president had the guts to pull us out of. A war that was costing us a lot of money and a lot of American lives. Joe Biden did it. They tried to make it look like he did it wrong, but he did it the only way he could do it. It's like taking a Band-Aid off a a wound. you got to do it quick. It's going to be painful for a little while, but in the long run, it's going to be better off for this country. And that's exactly what happens. So my question is this. If you're going to vote for Republicans in 2022 because you don't like what Joe Biden has done, tell me, what hasn't he done? What did you expect he would accomplish in one year? And he's still got another year to accomplish more. 
We've got bills, the voting rights bill, the Build Back Better bill, all kinds of things that are going to make things better for this country. Now, the thing about it is, is my real question here is not for the Republicans, the trump You can't change their mind. They're stupid. And they're just going to vote for Donald Trump or the Republicans no matter what. They don't have a brain cell remaining where they can even rationalize something out or do some critical thinking. They don't have that capability. But there is a group of people somewhere in between the left and the far right. And those are the people that will make the decision in 2022 or any election for that matter. So if you're one of these people that are disappointed with Joe Biden because he hasn't done enough for you, I question that and I point out why. But here's my real question to you. When it comes to 2022, and if somehow the Republicans take the House and the Senate, that means some of those people in the middle voted Republican. Is that really what you're going to do? You know what Joe Biden has done. You know how things have been much calmer, less chaotic with Joe Biden. You know he's gotten some things done for the people in this country. But if you think it's not enough, then are you really going to go to the Republicans? People that side with white supremacists, anti-Semites, people that support insurrectionists, people who have committed sedition and treason. Are you really going to side with them just because you didn't get everything you wanted from Joe Biden? Well, that's fucking stupid. That is absolutely ignorant. And if you're dumb enough to make that decision based on that, that's fine. We don't fucking need you. You're a waste of air. It goes back to what I said in the early portions of the podcast. We've got to change people's opinions. We've got to change people's normal attitudes about things. There's too much risk going on in this country. I'll put it to you this way. If the Republicans win in the midterms, zero will get done. We know they are obstructionist. We know they do nothing. That's not to even mention the criminality, the corruption, the insurrection, the white supremacy, and all that stuff. If you're going to side that way, we have a problem. And when I say we, I'm talking about the country, because that's a horrible choice. That's not critical thinking. That's just flat out fucking stupid, and you're not paying attention, and you're not understanding what really is at risk. So if you're one of these people saying, well, Joe Biden didn't do this, you still got another year. Watch and see what happens. I'm tired of hearing that the Republicans are going to win in the midterms. It's all about historical reasons for that to happen. And as I've stated before, that's fine. If history was identical to what we're dealing with now, okay, I'll give you that. But the fact of the matter is everything that's going on now never happened in history before. So to think that something's going to follow suit just like it has in history, even though what's going on now has no resemblance to anything we've ever experienced in history, well, I beg to differ. I think you're wrong. I think the Democrats will win in 2022 in November. I think they'll maintain their majority, maybe even 
expand their majority in the House and the Senate. And then when that happens, the Republicans are fucked. They can't do anything. They're in trouble. We can make Joe Manchin irrelevant, which is something we should all want to do. But the important thing to remember, in order to do this, we need to do a couple of things. We need to get out and vote in mass, just like they did during the 2020 election. There has to be a lot of people voting because they will want to cheat, but they can't overcome big numbers like we saw in 2020. So that's on you. Get out there and vote no matter what. Secondly, keep talking. Change the narrative. Control the narrative. Change minds. This is very crucial. This isn't about a Democrat-Republican win. This is about saving our country and saving our way of life and saving our system of government. It's that important. And it goes back to what I said before. We need to step up, start speaking out, and doing some things instead of just sitting back in our easy chairs and saying nothing. Now, here's something interesting we heard Liz Cheney say. And this has got to be freaking out Donald Trump at this point. The House Select Committee is now considering referring Donald Trump to the DOJ for criminal charges. That's a pretty serious thing. As I've said before, the House Select Committee can't charge anybody, can't convict anybody, but they can refer them to the Department of Justice. And then the Department of Justice has to decide whether they'll indict them, prosecute them. Here's the thing. What we know about Donald Trump, what we now have proof of with Donald Trump, he did commit a crime. By virtue of sitting in that chair, in the dining room, watching an insurrection happen, being asked to do something and refusing for 187 minutes, that is a crime. Either a president can be criminally... um, responsible for actions or inactions. Donald Trump's main job is to protect the Constitution. These people were charging into the U.S. Capitol to stop a constitutional act, the certifying of an election, creating a nonviolent transfer of power, a peaceful transfer of power. He inhibited that. He obstructed that. And that is illegal. So for all intents and purposes, the House Select Committee could refer him to the DOJ and may very well do that. It's a little harder when you're dealing with a former president because there's a lot of confusion in that as far as what you can and can't do. But here's the important thing to know. They're looking into it. They're studying it. They're asking questions. They're figuring out what the best way to do it. You know they have all the evidence. You know they have all the information. They'll hand that over to the DOJ. They do their investigation. And they could very well indict Donald Trump from what comes out of the House Select Committee. And that doesn't even include what's going on in Georgia and in the Manhattan District, and with the Attorney General of New York. There's a lot of shit falling in around Donald Trump, and he has to be freaking out at this point. If he's not, he fucking should be, 
because they aren't going to let them get away with this. There's too much money, too much time, too many man hours involved in investigating Donald Trump. They don't do this for no reason. They need some kind of result. There is nothing in it for them to let him go, let him get away free and clear. They're trying their hardest to make sure that they can lock down an indictment without causing any confusion or maybe losing that indictment. So right now you've got the Manhattan District. You've got the Attorney General of New York. You've got the Attorney General of Georgia. And you've got the House Select Committee investigating, looking into things, talking to people, gathering evidence, building a case. And then, of course, we have the House Select Committee doing some of these uh, public hearings on television. That's coming sometime soon. Everybody's lining things up to knock this fucking clown over. Don't even think that they're going to let him get away with it. They wouldn't put this much time into it uh, if they were just going to let him go. So Donald Trump is concerned. House Select Committee talking about sending a referral, a criminal referral to the Department of Justice, and that can't make them too happy at this point. Last thing I want to talk about, and it has to do with Omicron, Delta, COVID-19, whichever. That, that is uh, obviously running rampant throughout the country. And it's causing all kinds of problems. And there are mandates out there. Now, people will say, well, Biden can't make a mandate. Well, even if Biden can't do a mandate, which isn't true, companies, independent companies can require employees to do something. It has nothing to do with the government. If they decide we want this, then they're going to fucking have it. They make the rules with their own companies. I mean, how many times have you walked into a uh, um, into a store where it says no shirt, no shoes, no service? They have that option. They can tell you what you can and can't do to shop there, and they can tell their employees exactly what they can and can't do. Well, the Mayo Clinic just fired 700 employees for a refusal to getting vaccinated. Imagine that. A hospital at the level of the Mayo Clinic had to fire 700 people because they refused to get vaccinated. How is it that medical professionals have decided that the vaccination is not good, especially when you watched all these people parade in and out of hospitals, having the hospital just buried in people, and you still think the vaccination isn't good and you're not going to get it? And you're willing to be fired so you don't have to get the vaccination. People will say that's against my rights. It's not against your rights. They can fire and hire you for any fucking reason they want. If they want you to be vaccinated, which makes some sense. If you're working in a hospital, you should be accustomed to dealing with science. You should be willing to believe in science. And you should be willing to do what they ask you to do. And if you don't, you can get a job someplace else. Now, 700 people are going to get a job someplace else. And they'll want you to feel sorry for them. But they had a choice. They always had a choice. And they made the choice and they're going to have to stick with it. Now, see, here's the thing. You get fired from a job because you won't live up to their rules. You don't get unemployment for that because you're being fired for cause. 
So now these people are going to go hit the streets and they're going to have nothing. Now, there's plenty of jobs out there. They could probably get another job. But it better be at a place that doesn't require vaccinations because you won't get that job. It's really amazing how it seems that people in this country have been brainwashed. The obvious can be put right in front of their face. The results are right there. The proof is in front of them. But still they refuse to believe it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's one of the many things we're dealing with. We have people that don't believe science. We have people that uh, don't believe the truth or facts. And that's what we've got to change in this country. We've got to take the people that are mindful, intelligent, critical thinkers and get them to dominate the narrative in this country. That is the way we will change things so these people can be shut down and pushed to the side because what they're selling is lies and bullshit and causing people to die and maybe affecting this country. So we need to shut them down. Give it some thought. We're going to wrap things up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. If you have questions, comments, complaints, by all means, send me an email at therationalboomer at gmail.com. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.